Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes, to all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone, got a very exciting show for you today. Bringing back Mike Georgie uh, from the Nexus Group LLC because now we're gonna go deep. You know, the first, I think it's been eight videos we've been talking about why do it, when to do it, different entity structures, all that kind of, you know, how to use them correctly, make sure you get the most value. But now we're gonna step back and go, okay, how do you take entity selection and layer that in with taxes, right? Lots of people think about LLCs as far as protecting them from potential lawsuits. The next level you get to think about is how can you use entities to benefit you from a tax perspective, i.e. pay less taxes. So Mike's been gracious enough to put together a PowerPoint for us that looks at three different structures. One is for high income earners, high W-2, real estate investors, passive income, where I fell. Second is if you're a high income earner, but also flipping or wholesaling, basically doing another active income. And then finally, where do you want to play uh, if you are a wholesaler or flipper and that's all you do? Uh, and maybe you're in a lower tax bracket. So lots of stuff to go through. This is a video that you will likely have to rewind, listen to over and over, lots and lots of numbers. Uh, but again, we will close with a slide to how you reach out to Mike and talk about your story. Again, why I'm doing this for you is I believe it is near called malpractice for me to give advice on entities or tax structures because I don't know you, I don't know your situation, and I just won't answer those questions. So in order to get started, let's welcome Mike Georgie to the show. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing excellent, Mike. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing very well. So thank you very much for putting this together. Um, you know, I, t- I know it takes time to put PowerPoints. It is better in a PowerPoint. I know we talked about doing this on a whiteboard. That would have just been too much. Uh, so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anything, uh, anything you want to set this up before you kind of take over and jump into the PowerPoint? You know, um, like Mike said, I wanted to go ahead and get some content together that's really going to have an effect, regardless whether you're high uh, tax bracket or a low tax bracket. And so I hope everyone enjoys the PowerPoint and uh, get some great information from it. If you do, give us a call so we can really help make sure that, like Mike said, we're figuring in all key factors that, you know, the information that we need to know before making a correct assessment and recommending these things is there and we have it all. But uh, like I said, let's get you some great information. Go from there. All right, Mike, it's your show. Go ahead and share your screen. Excellent. So we are the Nexus Group and I'm just gonna go ahead and run through why we're your business structuring expert. Uh, You know, like Mike said before, uh, over the last 20 years, I've set up thousands of LLCs and corporations across the US. I've been a special advisor to, uh, you know, in multi-million dollar uh, corporate bankruptcies, hostile takeovers, and corporate litigation. Um, I've also owned and still own multiple different companies from, uh, you know, software companies to operating companies to asset holding companies. So I, I've, I'm doing what I preach, just so you guys know. Um, and I've spoken to businesses all over the country um, talking about how they can protect their assets and how they can save taxes, which I'll share with you three tips today. Um, and then also just a little bit about me. I uh, have a wife and a five-year-old daughter, and I've been married for almost about six years now and just lo- loving the life. That's nice. Yeah. 
Thank you. Um, so uh, what does the Nexus do, uh, group do? And I just want to run through that real quick. You know, we actually provide free LLCs and free corporations. You know, and the reason why we do that is because we got tired of companies really gouging clients. We have a, a client who just signed up the other day that said, you know, I paid, you know, a company more than nine figures and they set up these entities really quick and then they never did anything else. His, his properties aren't in his LLCs, his LLCs aren't in his trusts, his uh, management companies don't have contracts, they don't have invoicing happening between the companies. So, you know, we're tired of seeing people spend so much money to set up these entities and then, you know, have, have the entities not even benefit what they're doing. Yeah, Mike, and, just, and, and, Mike, just real quick. You said somebody spent nine figures. That can't be right. That's a hundred million. No, nine thousand dollars. No, yeah. I figured that's what it was. It wasn't nine figures. It was no, nine thousand dollars. Nine thousand. I get passionate. <laughs> yeah. I could see someone some somebody gouging somebody for nine grand, but nine figures, that'd be a little much. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for uh, correcting me on that, Mike. Yeah. And so, you know, instead of basically helping someone set up entities. And I'll tell you folks, a lot of the time to set up an entity, it's 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And to get an EIN number is about five to 10 minutes. And to do the S elections, you know, 10 minutes. And so they, people are getting paid handsomely for the wrong thing. Yeah. And I want people to get paid for the right thing. And I want to make sure you guys are protected. So you set up your entities free with us. And then after they're set up, we can help you at a very affordable rate, be able to move those entity forces. So what do we include in our free entity setup? Free filing, free EIN, free operating agreement or bylaw, depending on you know, bylaws, depending on whether you're a corporation or LLC, mm -hmm. a free C or S election filing with the IRS, depending on what's going to be most beneficial for you. And then also, you know, free initial resolutions that yeah. make sure you're good to go. Yeah. And again, just because you know, this is my show. I just want to make sure people, when they see or hear free, what they mean is you're not charging a margin, right? You're not cost plus. Uh, for, example, for example, the state of California is 800 bucks, right? You still pay that. It's not like you're suddenly wiping that out or you're paying it for someone else, right? You're passing on the fees that that state or entity requires, but not doing a cost plus. So that, that's what he means by free. Exactly. Exactly right. Thank you once again, Mike. And then we do provide free consultations. You know, will I benefit in from an entity or is it just going to cost me money? Mm -hmm. And, you know, am I doing everything right? I already have an entity. So thank you guys for uh, listening through that one real quick. So we're going to get right to the meat here. You know, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about three different tax reduction strategies for real estate. And like Mike said, rental property tax strategy for a high uh, tax bracket flip assignment and tax strategy for a high tax bracket, and then flip an assignment tax strategy for lower tax bracket. Mm -hmm. So with the uh, tax strategies for real estate income, what we're going to talk about is basically uh, if you fall into two, if you have two different items that you uh, also um, have that basically, you know, mean something to you. So uh, we have rental income that's passive income, but if you're in a high tax bracket, if you want to invest into new assets or expand the business that's one situation and also if you want to if you do not want the rental income falling down to you personally in your personal tax bracket then you may want to consider setting up a c-elected management company an llc now here's why i have a nice example for you we have ted ted's pretty happy hey, mike, ted's making mike do me a favor i think you have control right now can you move the box down where you and i are pictured because we're covering up point two can you move the video screen? I think you have the control. You see our picture there on the right side of the screen? Yep. Actually, if you just take your mouse up, or actually, oh no, I can move it. Never mind. That was me. 
go back. I'm sorry. I have control still. Ha ha. <laughs> there you go. So back into our example, we're going to start again. And this is a tax strategy for real estate income. Uh, so let's say we have Ted and, and Ted has a W-2 job and or a spouse and collectively they make $275,000 on a W-2 job. And they also have real estate uh, rental income coming in from an LLC. And that's about $100,000 a year. Now, if Ted has $275,000 on a W-2 and $100,000 of the rental income, he's going to have roughly about $375,000 worth of total income. So Mike, just now, real quick, just so we can, everybody stays on the same page together. When you're talking about the 100K rental income there, that is, that's not gross rent collection. That is net, net after all expenses, everything, correct? Just so we know what income exactly means. Exactly correct, yes. Okay, cool. All right, awesome. Yep. And so that is uh, net income received from through the LLC. So all the properties in our LLCs. Mm -hmm. um, so that gives us a total income of 375,000. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to go state specific real quick. We're going to talk about California. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, from a federal standpoint, he would, that Ted would be in right around 32% uh, federal tax rate. And from a state standpoint, he's going to be in roughly a 10% state tax rate. And so overall, that's a 42% tax rate, which is really high. And so if Ted has $100,000 of profit from rental income and he's going to get taxed at 42%, that means he's going to pay 42,000 in total taxes. And he's only going to be able to take and receive uh, about $58,000 worth of his profit that he did. And you know, that's after going out and doing the research for the, the rental area. It's after putting in the offers, vetting the offers, uh, you know, following through, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the different work that it takes to do, uh, you know, real estate investing and doing and get a good real estate income, running the numbers, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so that's situation one. Now, if Ted were to take our advice, he's going to save a lot. And so how that works is this. So here's Ted. And instead of receiving $375,000 worth of active or income, he's going to receive 275, just the uh, income he received from his W-2, his W-2 job. Now, how did we make that happen? Well, we basically have a management company that's an LLC with a C election. Mm. And let me give you an idea on a normal federal level, a C elected entity, whether it's a corporation or LLC is taxed at a flat 21%. Now that 21%, you need to add on roughly about 8% or so for California. Mm. And so that gives us that 29% tax bracket. And so no matter how much money goes into this company, it's always going to be taxed at 29%. Mm. And so instead of having income fall down from the uh, LLCs that own the, the properties directly to Ted, like in the previous example, mm -hmm. we have the income being basically paid as a management fee over to your management company. And so you'd have made some resolutions, you'd have different invoices going from the management company to the, the uh, entities that are being managed. But basically what happens is there's total income that's paid from the uh, asset LLCs to the management company and that income's taxed at that 29% we talked about. And so we're mm. going to save, uh, we're going to be taxed at 29%. And so the difference between that 42% and that 29% is about 13%, which equates to $13,000 in taxes. Now that's money that you could use for an additional down payment or loaning it out at, you know, a, a higher interest rate, interest rate or what have you. And so basically what happens is instead of being able to take the $58,000 in profit, they're able to take much more, $71,000. And so that helps them, like I was just saying, increase their 
uh, asset purchases and their net in or their equity amounts. Yeah. So just to tie this together to our first eight videos is the first eight videos were really about setting up the yellow or gold box, right? Entities, selection, how many is all of that. Now what you're doing is, okay, let's look at this from a tax advantage. And in this case, because the W-2 earner is high income, you're saying, you know what, you might need a second or third entity, this one called a C select, a C election uh, to essentially save 13%, essentially. That's exactly correct, yes. Okay, I got you. All right, I like it. Absolutely. So, um, so that's the first tax strategy. We're gonna go right into the second tax strategy. And it basically has to do with flips. Now it's the same exact position, but instead of having rental income, you have flip income. And it gets the same exact outcome as well. And so- Yeah, for me, for me on this one, it's, it's rental versus flip. It's actually passive income versus active income is how I look at this one. Is that fair? That is absolutely 100% correct. Okay, actually. cool. All right. Because you're actively putting in work to be able to get the deals. And when the deals close, you get paid out as some, basically. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't continue on. And so it's not considered a passive income. It's an active income. Now, mm. the difference between the two is that with passive income, you don't have to pay that 15.3% uh, Social Security tax. When you have uh, active income, you do have to pay that 15.3 Social Security tax all the way up to the ceiling of, in 2020, $137,700. After that, it's basically about 2.9% for Medicare Medicaid, and it, it fluctuates and goes up and down, but basically, to a certain degree, it goes on for infinity. Mm. Yeah. And so if you have active income through activities like flipping or assignments, uh, what you, and you also are going to be investing in new assets or expanding the business, as well as uh, you don't have uh, flipping income that you want to be taxed at your personal bracket. So you want to basically adjust the tax bracket to a C-elected entity like we did before. You also may want to consider setting up a C-elected management LLC. So how that looks is like this. Basically, we have Ted, he makes his 275000 and instead of uh, $100,000 coming in for rental income, we're just going to say it's assignment income. Okay. And so we have that total $375,000. And once again, that's profit after expenses, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, secondarily, because we're in the state of California, he's going to be at a 32% tax bracket. Um, he's going to have that 2.9% Medicaid, Medicare tax, like I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And he's also going to be at a state tax about 10%. Mm. And so he only needs about $270,000 to survive comfortably, which means we can move over all $100,000. Um, our tax rates 44.9%, which means our total tax on that that flipping income is going to be that $44,900. Got it. Okay. I like it. Yep. And so now once again, uh, depending on whether he has the LLC that's set up to be able to do a flipping and it's passed through, or let's just say that he doesn't have uh, any entity set up to do the, the flipping itself, he would just run it through the seal elected entity. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually a quick question I wanted to ask. Let's assume he owns these for six months, he or she, right? Or even days, right? If it's assignments or hours. Mm -hmm. Would he, would, I guess in this case, <coughs> let's assume it is assignments and they never really actually own anything. Could they do all of this through the management LLC with C elected? Do they need asset? Do they need the, I guess, do they need the gold or yellow box? So here's the, the answer. A, um, if they're going to be owning it for a short period of time, they're positive. They already have the buyer lined up. They have the deal already situated, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, they can do it right through the selected management company. Yeah. If this is they again. If don't want anything yeah. to flow down to them personally. 
Yeah, this is why, folks, you have to talk to someone. Why you don't? Why I will never give advice on this stuff because there's so many subtleties. You have to be interviewed to answer questions. If you really are doing assignments, as I've seen them done, at least in California, uh, you don't need the. Well, again, my understanding of this slide is you don't need the yellow or gold box. Call them, find out. But if you're doing these things in other states where you have to do double closes, I heard about Oklahoma eliminating assignments and all these other things. If you are going to own them, it it may benefit having the gold box. But again. Don't talk to me. Don't take my advice. Call uh, the Nexus group and figure out what's right for you. Because I think in this case, some folks would just get away with the blue box and remove some complexity, you know, and, and some costs, right? Maybe not a lot, but, you know, if you don't need them, you don't need them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, uh, and I stand by exactly what Mike said. A lot of the time, if you already have the, you know, the deal set up, if you know you're going to be unloading the property or the market's right for, for a quick turnaround, et cetera, no, you really don't need uh, the, the gold box. Now, if it's a slow market, yeah. if there's a potential of having to keep a hold on to it longer than a year, yeah. um, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you want to split up some of the income. So let's say out of the hundred thousand, ah, you yeah, want to yeah. move 70,000 over to be taxed at that 29% bracket. And you want another 30,000 to fall down to you passively. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, then you would use the gold box and the blue box. And so mm -hmm. like Mike said, it really is, you know, unique to your circumstances, unique to your situation, what your tax bracket is, what you're going to do with the, the property or the, uh, the profit, what could be going on in your market, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yep. so um, it, that's exactly right. So it, let's move on with this example. Go yep. ahead. And uh, Go ahead. so we have Ted who had, you know, $375,000 worth of active or income before. And instead of that, we went ahead and did the flip directly out of the blue box or out of the uh, gold box. And we moved over a hundred thousand dollars worth of, uh, you know, of the income or the profit, basically. Mm -hmm. There would be a tax difference of fifteen thousand nine hundred dollars, and you would still be able to get your seventy-one thousand dollars of the profit. And so you're going to save, depending on whether it's rental income or active or passive income or uh, active income, somewhere between thirteen to you know sixteen thousand cool. dollars. And so that's a great strategy for, like we said, someone who has a high tax bracket who doesn't want the income to flow down to their personal tax bracket and who is going to use the in or the funds to be able to invest out uh, into other assets or to expand a business. You do not want to take the money personally once it's been taxed in the blue box. Mm -hmm. If you have questions about that, give me a call. We'll talk about it more, but it leads into double taxation. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you use this strategy correctly, you will never run into that problem. So. Yep. Call Mike, not me. <laughs> can't, I, I, I can't help. <laughs> and you know, what if you're in a lower tax bracket? We've, we've had two different tax strategies that have to do with high tax brackets. Well, let's talk about a lower tax bracket. So if you're doing flips or assignments and you're in a lower tax bracket, we want to go ahead and basically use one entity to be able to reduce your social security taxes. And so here's Ted. Uh, he lost his job. Well, he didn't lose his job. He, this is a different Ted. Mm -hmm. Ted went ahead and actually has uh, no W-2 household income, and he is making about $130,000 worth of assignment income. So his total income is $130,000, period. And so because he's under that $137,000 uh, Social Security ceiling, he's going to be taxed 15.3% on all of the $130,000, mm -hmm. which equals out to just under twenty grand, about $19,890 in self-employment taxes. And so that's the total amount that Ted's going to pay. Hmm. So we want to lower that, that amount for Ted. And so 
I did some research and basically the national average income for flipping property between 18 and 19 was about $68,000 worth of income. And so what that means is that if, let's just say I personally looked up um, in the federal statutes or in the, you know, the uh, government pages, what the total active income was or the total income was for uh, basically a person who flips and gets assignments. And I based that on the amount of time that I've been doing it, the experience I have, how much actual, you know, hours, minutes, time that I'm putting into finding these properties. And the national average for all of those things equaling my circumstances was $68,000. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to be able to lower my social security taxes. And this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. In number two, we have basically that $130,000 worth of money coming into the S elected flipping company. So it's not C elected this time that's doing the magic. It's the uh. S elected magic. Okay. And so now we can go ahead and have the money flow down to us as an, as an individual. And we can go and break that up using that national average rule. And so, so, so hold on, Mike, this, this is something I've never, I've never, ever heard, never seen, never talked about. So there's something in this S selection that allows you to use some kind of national average to your benefit. So you don't actually you don't have to do the whole thing on 130. You can, you can take the national average as active and then the, whatever the delta is becomes passive. Is that some special sauce of the S selection? That is correct. Oh, That's look at that. That's right in the IRS tax code. And normally it's used as a tool to make sure that people aren't gouging the system. And what I mean by that is this. Uh, Let's say that you were making $100,000 and you have it going into an S selected entity and you're going to be able to receive that income. Now, a lot of tax professionals, CPAs, advisors are going to tell you, well, why don't you just use the 50% rule? We're going to take 50% of that income as active income, which means that we're going to apply that 15.3% to it. You might receive that in a W-2 or as a 1099, but regardless, you're going to pay the 15.3 one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to take the other 50,000, the one that we, you know, makes up the full, full 100,000. Mm-hmm. We're going to have that other 50,000 come down to you passively. So you don't have to pay that 15.3% on it. We're going to save you $7,500 worth of tax. How's that sound? Yeah. And the client says, that's great. Yeah. Now, what the CPA person didn't tell you is that in the IRS election tax code, it says that you have to receive income that's average or ordinary to the position, time frame in which you've been doing it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And huh. so if that CPA were to look up that individual's, you know, let's say it was consulting and consulting was $75,000 a year and average income, instead of the individual in the example taking uh, 50,000, they really should have took 75 grand. And that's where they're going to get you. They're going to wow. say, wait a minute, you know, you, you're diverting uh, money that should be paid in tax. Yeah. And so that's why we follow that code to a T. Yeah. Again, folks, this is why, uh, you need to talk to someone like Mike at the Nexus Group LLC because uh, A, I freely admitted, I'll admit it again, never heard about this, never even thought about it. Uh, didn't even know it was there. Uh, and also lots of the CPAs out there may inadvertently use this rule incorrectly. Uh, in his example of splitting a 50-50 actually opens you up for an audit or a unpleasant conversation from the IRS. So again, if you have these kind of tax questions, you need to reach out to Mike. Uh, he has a closing slide here shortly. Uh, take his number down, email, whatever you like. Uh, there's a link below in the description to um, how to book some time as well. Uh, but yeah, M- Mike, I, 
I never knew about this. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to capitalize, I'm sure everyone saw it, but instead of having the hundred or three or 130,000 taxed at the 15.3%, it's the 68,000, yep. which gives the self-employment taxes that have to be paid at 9,000. Previous amount before we did this strategy was almost 20 grand. It was $19,800 in SE tax. Using this strategy, we're only going to pay 10000 and change. So that's going to save us almost $9,400 in actual tax tax dollars. So, And again, um, that's common. because passive income doesn't have a self-employment tax. That is correct. Ah, oh, I get it now. Okay. All right. Got that's it. That's exactly correct. Okay. And like Mike said, we have our closing slide. You know, what do you do now? I just, I really implore you to go ahead and get a free consultation. Uh, for Mike's people only, we're actually doing what normally costs $300. Uh, we're doing that at no cost because uh, Mike's been so gracious to be able to let us help and teach, you know, his clients and, and not clients, but his, uh, his followers and people who are looking for knowledge. Um, and so it, go ahead and take advantage of that. We actually diagram out your situation. We run your specific numbers. We give you a report specific to you all at no cost. Thanks to Mike. So everyone should thank Mike. And then also, um, if you think you're ready for that next step, you watch the other previous eight, you know, uh, videos and, uh, you watch this one as well. And you're like, you know what? I think I'm ready for an LLC or corporation and it makes sense for you. Give us a call, schedule an appointment, or go ahead and go to our website and just start the process. You go right into the form that goes ahead and process it for you. Uh, before you do it, we always call you up and just make sure it's right for you. Um, but other than that, it's that simple. And you can also take can take advantage of our compliance report. So there you are. Very cool, Michael. Well, do me a favor, uh, stop sharing so we can talk and wrap this puppy up. Yes, sir. Once again, thanks for doing that. Lot, again, there's so many things with entity protection, how you marry that with you know, IRS or tax savings. You need to call Mike and the Nexus Group LLC. Uh, this is why I don't answer those questions when you guys leave comments because I don't know your situation. I don't know your state. I don't know the rules. I admitted here I didn't know about that S selection. There's just things I don't know uh, because I'm one person with one set of experience. So do yourself a favor, reach out to Mike and team and um, yeah, let, uh, go from there. All right, Mike? Hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. We've been getting great comments, by the way. Um, love it. And I'm going to be responding to those shortly. So go ahead and leave comments and we'll get back to you. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you.